0: Uh, February eighth at you know at, you know at evening time, uh, we've had a bit of time to digest some of the upsets and pleasant surprises because that's right uh, we are recording the night of the day of the revelations of the ninety fourth Academy Award nominations so we've got a lot of great stuff to discuss we're gonna keep this in this nicely casual B-roll episode of the Uh, K-Cut. Loosey-goosey, no real formula outside of the fact that we're gonna be discussing the major film categories and those also include any category where a feature film is included. So animated feature, documentary, and uh, international feature, my personal favorite category always. But we're gonna get into some good stuff, what we like, what we don't like. Uh, Who wants to start what with your most pressing thought that you've had this entire day?
1: I am really delighted Drive My Car Got So Much Love across the board. And we'll get more into that later, but that was what stood out to me.
0: It really, I mean, it's weird because I feel like it's so surprising, but we also shouldn't be surprised because this is the same film that did really well in a whole number of... Uh, smaller award ceremonies and even got some love in some of the bigger ones like outside of the international film category and uh i don't know i feel like if there are split votes in best picture and we'll get into those in a second but particularly against uh or between power of the dog belfast and west side story we could see uh really interesting win with Drive My Car, potentially, because if it made it this far, it's obviously held in high regard, and, and rightfully so.
1: The screenplay nomination set off a little ding in my head, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I feel like, because that's typically the most telling thing, so I'll never forget when I was watching the Oscars, when Green Book won everything, and Mahershala Ali won an Oscar. I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, we, we figured that was going to happen. The films only win. Then it won for screenplay, and I said... Uh Uh-oh, it's going to win everything. And I was right. So, you never know. With this nomination for screenplay, which is a big one, a big one. We've seen international films get nominated for screenplays before, but not also for Best Picture. Unless it's, I don't know, Parasite? Something like Roma, which uh, should have won and it didn't, but should have won. I feel like,
2: don't count out Drive My Car, it could easily win this.
1: Yes. What were some of your highlights, guys?
2: Outside of the best picture Nama got, I was right about Dune.
1: Yes. Sadly. Tragically.
2: Oh, with Denis Villeneuve. Or, um, as
0: we've uh, been corrected, apparently, uh, Denis Villeneuve is apparently his name. So,
2: uh, yes, you are absolutely right in your uh, prediction. You got the best... Best picture, but it got all the it was tech. I knew it was gonna happen.
1: And it got ten nominations. So like you did all these things well, but it wasn't directed well enough. Like what the hell?
2: Yeah,
0: that's what's really weird because it's such a beautiful marriage between blockbuster action and art house kind of like cynicism and look and feel. Um I don't know. I feel like I feel like a direction or nomination would have made a lot of sense. So the fact that he's not here is a, a wee bit puzzling.
1: How about you, Andreas?
0: Outside of the fact that the the Spanish government completely just fumbled when it came to what it wanted to nominate for the, the Spanish film, you know, consideration for the international category, uh, Parallel Mothers by Pedro Almodovar, who's one of my top ten favorite filmmakers of all time, and this is a brilliant film of his, getting some love for its score, but also for one Penelope Cruz, who hasn't been nominated since nine um, Yeah, I'm nonplussed about that, and anybody who thinks that Lady Gaga should have been nominated, which is perfectly fine, but over Penelope Cruz does not know what they're talking about. Maybe somebody else in that category, but not over Penelope. She fully deserves this.
1: Best Actress was so packed this year that there could have been two completely different nomination sets that were equally valid.
0: As is proven by the BAFTAs.
1: I do think that um, um, Penelope Cruz I was hoping for, but I really didn't think that her name was going to be called, so that was quite a surprise. Let's head a little further down and go towards the two screenplay categories. So I've got the nominations up here. Was there anything in either adapted or original that either surprised you or there was a big snub or made you very happy? That kind of thing.
2: That's a good question. Um, Well, I haven't seen any of these films yet, so I don't have an opinion yet. Yeah,
0: Dune. Dune being considered for adapted is is really good. Um, I feel like it's a great shout out. I'm happy that Maggie Gyllenhaal is here for The Lost Daughter because I feel like this was almost like their way of saying... We couldn't nominate you for best director, but here you've got this, so at least Joan Hall's a nominee.
2: That's happening a lot with debut features from like certain directors. Like Jordan Peele got nominated for it. Greta Gerwig got nominated for it for her debut.
1: Emerald Fennell.
2: Yeah, it's just something about these debuts that are like that good. Like, yeah. Best screenplay.
1: It's honestly surprised me how much uh, The Lost Daughter got in the end, which we'll get into a bit more, but I, I found that super interesting because I really thought it was maybe going to be Coleman in picture, but it did a little bit better than that.
0: Yeah, outside of not getting picture, which I'm still a little sad about, uh, it did well in other areas, but one other shout out in the screenwriting categories outside of Drive My Car. That is this the first time where two international films have been nominated for either category? Because we also got The Worst Person in the World, which... I'm
1: ecstatic
0: about Yeah, I think that's a brilliant nomination. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, other than that, I think that the lineup was fairly expected for me. I'm not sure if it's the first time we've had two. I know there have been a few nominees and a couple of winners that weren't in the English language, but that is a new one.
0: Yeah, two in the same year. Uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like it might be. And if so... That's heading in the right direction where I've seen a lot of people bring up how the Academy Awards in the past were trying to appeal to like the masses, like the people who, uh, you know, love blockbuster films or Marvel and stuff. And that's not really the right audience because you're going to annoy them by not making those best picture or any high level of the awards. But this is the proper way to go to champion cinema of the entire world, like going international on a consistent basis, because before it was kind of hip. To sometimes nominate something that's foreign and not really give it its dues, but ever since *Parasite*, that door's been open, and I feel like this is the right way to go for the Oscars.
1: I have to say, I think *Drive My Car* is particularly impressive for making a three-hour film out of a short story and having it somehow not be boring. So maybe, maybe that's going to tip it over to first place for me.
0: <laughs> that's a hell of an adaptation. If if we're you know discussing how it converted it that that alone is why not even just the writing which is brilliant but the fact that it adapted yeah a short into a three hour feature that's not an epic or anything but it's like an art house bliss of experience and life and you know cyclical you know experiencing everything within that span yeah brilliant
1: any snubs for you guys.
2: Are we ever going to get a year where they just don't ignore the first eight months of the year?
1: No, they usually nominate one to sort of have a token first half of the year movie, but...
2: I just just never understand why that is always a thing. It's like, if it's early in the year, it's like, don't even count on it.
1: Hey, makeup nominee coming to America was released before last year's Oscars.
2: Okay, hold on. So can I talk about how... um... Was it uh, Lunana? Is that the, what the film's called?
1: The Yak movie? Why is that
2: three years old and still hasn't been released? Better question. It's
1: a very strange story because it appears to have been submitted for Best International Film for Bhutan last year, which is the first time it would have been nominated. But they disqualified it because there was something wrong with the selection committee and it didn't meet Academy standards. And there was just, I don't know the full story, but something unusual happened there. So this year it got submitted again and it got in. So I'm not sure what's going on there.
2: I'm just mad because there's like no way to see it. But that's the reason why
0: I'm like bothered by it. Outside of the fact that as James said, it's really hard to see it was already submitted and it didn't meet expectations. Couldn't that technically have been, you know, vetoed for say blue is the warmest color and a ton of other films that had similar hiccups. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's very strange, but um, I'm interested to see because I've been wanting to look into Bhutanese film for a while. Um, Um, and this just looks really interesting. And for me, the only snub I can really think of is Come On, Come On for best, uh, original screenplay, because A, I love Mike Mills, and B, that movie was just really strong across the board, and it never quite cracked any of the nominations. This was where it would have been most likely.
0: Yeah, that also makes me sad. It's a, it's a beautiful film. Mike Mills in general is just disgustingly, uh, underappreciated by the Academy. Like, I remember 20th Century Woman as well, um, Anyway, I, I've been down this road before. Uh, similarly, and what I do when I rank my best picture films on Films Fatale, I uh, I include films that could have been up for best picture because of the amount of nominations they accrued, <coughs> um, and films that just got completely shut out, which boggles my mind. And similar to Come On, Come On, which I feel like is going to make that list of mine, the biggest, erroneous, complete neglect of any nominations Goes to Passing, which I am shocked by. And that that is like the biggest upset. Nothing for cinematography. Supporting nothing actors. for writing. Uh Well, yeah, that's the main one. Tessa Thompson could have squeaked in a nomination, but nothing for Ruth Naga, yeah. who was previously touted to possibly win this thing. Nothing for Ruth Naga. And both of them were in really? the game.
1: Um, the screenplay, it was the same thing. It was the debut of Rebecca Hall, so that had a lot of brass around it. So. I don't really get it. It was such a well done movie, and it was so unusual, and it didn't get in.
0: I'm so angry about that. That's like the one where I, like my my gears have been ground. Like, like no, yeah. just so,
1: so. So circling back, uh, do we have anything more to say about screenplay?
0: Um, outside of some obvious ones like "Don't Look Up," "Belfast," "King Richard." Um, I'm happy about licorice pizza. Well, Co- <laughs> cool. uh, licorice pizza. I want to win that category, but uh, those three films and CODA are basically there because we knew they're, they're playing it easy this year. I don't know, <laughs> not to be not to be rude. They're 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 fine screenplays, but I honestly feel like um, I, I honestly feel like it could have been a little spicier. Let's be honest.
1: Okay, well, uh, going back to Bhutan, we were talking about that. So should we skip to just best international film for a sec?
0: Yes. Uh, what are our nominees and from what illustrious countries?
1: We got Drive My Car from Japan, Flee from Denmark, The Hand of God from Italy, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, which we just talked about from Bhutan, and The Worst Person in the World from Norway. I have to admit, I've only seen Drive My Car and Flee and I'm halfway through Hand of God.
0: The Worst Person in the World is a great film and it absolutely deserves to be here. So I'm thrilled about that. Uh, Hand of God. Um, hey... Anything made by the person who did The Great Beauty, I'll allow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, the only one that I'm, like, stumped on is Lunana because I don't know where to watch this thing. Despite the fact that it's three years old, it's still inaccessible anywhere. But I feel like the the Oscars love picking one film in the international category. Love doing it where it's just impossible for common people to watch. Uh, It happens every year. So last year was... um,
1: The Man Who Sold His Skin, which we only saw because we got a screener for it.
0: Exactly. Um, You know, a couple years before that was Never Look Away, which was released like two days before the ceremony because TIFF picked it up. The only time that I've ever watched any of these in advance was complete sheer luck. I'm fortunate enough to be able to live near TIFF where I can uh, not just work at TIFF, but also like go as a guest. And when I was not working at TIFF and I was just going as a patron... Uh, a friend of mine and I used to just get like a bunch of tickets and just see random stuff. And Omar got nominated a number of years ago, and everyone asked me, "Where, where did you find this? is it playing anywhere?" I'm like, "No, it was complete sheer luck. Like, how are you supposed to predict this is going to get nominated? You can't. Like, it's silly that they do this. I feel like it's intentional. You
2: know, I think they have the power to make things more accessible if they really wanted to. Because honestly. I, re- I remember we had that debacle last year because there was a lot of stuff I had access to because I have access to Hulu and you don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm American just like, they stuff. need to figure out a way to make it so everybody can see these before the award ceremony.
1: And the thing is, it's it's really annoying when you're trying anywhere you can to see it in a theater or on a streaming service. And it's just nowhere. It's just absolutely nowhere. Overall, I think it's a very strong lineup from what I've seen and heard. Bhutan, please send us your movie. And this is Maybe the least exciting competition of the night, because we pretty much all know Japan's going to take it. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on it?
0: Hey, as long as a yak in the classroom has nothing to do with my octopus teacher, like it's not some sort of spiritual successor, uh, I'll be... F-
2: <laughs> I was going to ask, do we have one of those this year where where it's just <laughs> completely nonsense that it's getting so much hype? Like, if it was a short, I'd have been cool with it. But the fact that I had to sit through that long of this whole thing with this octopus...
1: I don't know. I had fun with it as long as the guy wasn't talking.
2: <laughs> so on mute, yeah. this thing is amazing. Yeah. And, well, it's
0: not even just that. The fact that it be time. Time, which is one of the best documentaries of the last X amount of years.
1: Or collective, or any of them, basically. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. So then we go down to best documentary feature, which I'm just going by the list on Andreas's site, and then we can circle back up. So um, that one is Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, and Writing with Fire. Personally, I've seen three out of five. I'm still missing Attica and Riding with Fire. I have to say of these three, this may be one of the strongest lineups I've seen in a while.
0: Summer of Soul alone. And that mm. might not even win, because there's no clear front runner this year. I think Summer of Soul's. Um, going to I would I would love if it did, but it, we're not certain that it will. That's the thing. Um, yeah. That alone is brilliant. And then Flea, Flea is just brilliant. Um, I haven't seen Ascension yet. Uh, I was, you, said, you said that was really good, right? It's
1: gorgeous. It's an absolute symphony of images. And it's all about modern life in China and how things are changing every day. And basically how everything's starting to go a bit corporate. And it's really interesting. And yet there's very little overt commentary. They're just showing people in their daily lives and different things they do. It's a gorgeous film, and I really, really think it deserves to be there.
0: Amazing. Well, I can't wait to get to that one. Uh, speaking of, uh, not as good of a segue as what you came up with, but uh, uh, speaking of uh, visually stunning films, we uh, might as well get into the uh, the animated category, because a lot of those are well-animated and uh, visually stunning and <coughs> Disney. Um, what are those looking like, Rachel?
1: Okay, so that's Encanto Flea, uh, which, again, we've heard a lot about tonight. Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, Raya and The Last Dragon. Um, I've seen all five personally.
2: I haven't seen Flea yet. What is your
0: personal favorite?
1: Um, I think for quality Flea, I think for fun Kanto, my suspicion is Encanto is going to take it. Um, I also think the Mitchells versus the Machines was just great, and it was something kind of different, and I really liked it.
0: Amazing. Yeah, um, I unfortunately don't think I'd like to be proven wrong. As much as it has set a record, I don't know if Flea's actually going to win anything, which kind of breaks my heart.
1: That's my hunch, too.
0: Yeah, it's just unfortunate.
2: Um, but you never know. I mean, realistically, I think the safest option is Kanto, just because of its popularity. But personally, I I wouldn't mind if Raya and the Last Dragon won. Having just watched that, it's probably one of the strongest out of all the ones I've seen.
1: Oh, really? That was my least favorite. Interesting. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't like it kind of devolved into sort of, I, I just thought some of the screenplay clunked a bit.
2: I can understand that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it was more for the story compared to all the others, but um, I thought I don't know. I, I thought Luca was really good, but I just don't think it, I don't think it was necessarily strong enough for a, a nomination. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I think it filled like out it's... the category basically. <laughs>
2: The
0: fact that Gold Derby was predicting that that was actually going to win for a bit, I was like, please sit down. Um, Luca, I love Pixar and I'll always defend it. Luca could have been a much more deserving spot for a lesser known film. As we've known in this category for years, some really good stuff gets picked up, nominated and discovered in this category, like all the world cinema. And it could have been more to a more deserving film that needed that spotlight,
1: you know? Exactly. Like, Wolfwalkers last year or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think or, if Soul you know, wasn't I, in the running, I would have bit went with Wolfwalkers, but it was going up against Soul.
1: Yeah, that was a tough pick. I know.
2: Tough pick.
1: Um. So before that, are there any uh, particular standout snubs or other drama from either the short categories or the text?
0: I don't recall what its name is, but that movie... Before Encanto, the one with the um, the little raccoons, I think was uh, actually one of the best uh, Disney-related animated shorts I've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Did not get it, and I feel like that could have that could have definitely made it here.
1: I'll say from the shorts, I thought Audible of the ones I've seen is the best quality in documentary and the Queen of Basketball, because I watched most of the shortlisted ones. And I'm really glad those both got in because they stood out to me like from the beginning. So and they're both sports movies, which is kind of cool.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I haven't uh, dipped into the shorts yet for the most part. Yeah, either. Um, no, Rachel. Rachel's on top of the stuff. She's, she's. Yeah, I know you're you're doing really <laughs> well.
1: And for tech, um, I think we can just kind of shout out a couple that are good. Um, I like that Tick, Tick, Boom got in for editing. I think that was very clever. Um, and for best original song, we have a chance of Lin-Manuel Miranda getting the EGOT. And even though I kind of sort of like all the songs, I'm hoping for that just because it's, you know, everybody loves Lin-Manuel Miranda.
0: And it's also arguably one of the better songs nominated. Yeah. So I, it actually deserves I
1: it. I don't have a clear favorite from that one.
0: Yeah. Um, how is it that Diane at this point is becoming like a, like a rude joke to poor Diane Warren, but how is the Diane Warren song in film?
1: Um, I think it might've been over the credits or at least over one of the scenes in the film, because I completely do not remember it as being part of the movie. It doesn't stand out very much to me. I, I think Warren is not out of the the race for winning, but I, it was not my favorite. I like the bond one best and the Encanto song.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, James, what about you in the tech categories, like, you know, production or visual effects?
2: So, I think it's hilarious that aside from Doom best visual effects, they literally toss that bone to the popcorn, like, blockbuster crowd. Mm -hmm. Oh, they always do. And I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, free guy, no time to die, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. I was like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, they Uh, always do.
1: Parallel Uh, Mothers was a great score. Like, I never noticed the score, and that stood out to me.
0: Oh, yes. Like, um... And a lot of people have issues with uh, Don't Look Up getting nominated a bunch of times, but Nicholas Bertel for for that score, also very deserving. And uh, Johnny Greenwood, who I was hoping was going to get three nominations, potentially, probably, you know, uh, Licorice Pizza was a long shot because it's not... You don't really hear his score at all, but um, Spencer not getting nominated for best original score kind of sucks, but he's there for the power of the dog and actually has a slim chance of winning. So not that he would care. That's Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. He doesn't care about that, but you never know. I just don't Uh, want Hans Zimmer
2: to win. Why? Hans Zimmer is one of those composers where it's like, I've always felt like the hype is his name more than anything else. This isn't just to discredit his skill. And
1: he's had his turn a few times.
2: Yeah, or it's like John Williams. Like I, John Williams is probably my least favorite film composer. Uh-oh. And it's because the hype the hype of his name precedes his work.
0: Dude, In it's my his birthday day. today. What are you doing?
2: Wait, what? <laughs> it's his birthday
0: today. He just is turned it?
2: 90. Yeah, it's sort of 90, wow. Yeah, what are you
0: doing to, to the poor
2: guy? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I think the thing is, like, he has, like... I think when you have contemporaries who are objectively better, like Ennio Morricone and Bernard Herrmann, it's like, if he wasn't attached to these blockbusters, where would he be? His relationship but, with Spielberg is literally what made his career, like, really pop off. But
0: what about the Dune score? <laughs> I think it's a really good score. Well, I still haven't seen Dune it. yet.
1: You haven't? Oh, oh true. Hmm. Yeah.
0: You, you got to see it first. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, going back anyway. to visual effects and significant life events for people, um, we did have one bit of news today that wasn't oscar late, and I just wanted to give a moment to talk about Douglas Trumbull. Oh. Who was, I, I texted my mother and said, this was a giant of cinema, no matter what the job or role was. He was one of the greats, so. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Trumbull. You were fabulous.
0: Yeah. Uh, a huge giant. A huge Huge giant. Um, I actually got to hear him give a speech at uh, or a talk rather at TIFF for 2001: uh, A Space Odyssey, and uh, I'll never forget that um, wise guy. I could have listened to him for hours. Um, has worked on some of the most fascinating films I've ever seen, and a big portion of, of why is because of. The visual effects, like 2001: Space Odyssey, obviously. Uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner is for sure the most mind-boggling film from an effects standpoint that I've ever watched. I adore it.
2: And and how they had to do that those effects. Like I watched a documentary on the making of it, and it's wild the techniques they had to do back then.
0: He is a genius. It's a big loss today, very big loss. I I appreciate you um bringing this up, Rachel. What about you, James?
2: I mean, he's uh literally one of the best to ever do it. What, what, what more can you say, I guess, right?
1: And he did 2001 in his 20s, which is unbelievable.
2: Crazy.
0: That's just like monumental.
1: <sighs>
0: anyway, before we get too somber. Um...
1: Let's head to the supporting categories and take a look at supporting actor.
0: Okay. Ooh, who do we have?
1: Uh, we got Kieran Hines from Belfast. We've got Troy Kotzer from CODA. We've got Jesse Plemons uh, from Power the Dog and Cody Smith McPhee, his co-star. And then J.K. Simmons from Being the Ricardos, which really confuses me. Because I love J.K. Simmons. I think he's great. But in this movie, you know, he was really good. He was fun. But he just didn't stand out that much to me. So I'm not totally sure what they're doing there.
0: I'm actually working on my Oscar rankings for this category um, right now. Uh, So by the time this episode is up, uh, the list will already be up. I ranked him last, and I hate having to do that because I love J.K. Simmons. It's a fun performance where occasionally he adds a bit of a garnish to an otherwise pretty... uh, pretty sterile film. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a fantastic. It's not a mediocre or a bad performance because of him. He did the best that he could. And he's, he's brilliant as his character, but I honestly feel like there could have been a lot of other performances in the spot And it's just because
1: Mike faced. Yeah. He's not playing yeah. at Cool boys. <laughs> uh,
0: it, I thought it was a very fun performance, but fun. Is fun really all that it takes? I don't know.
1: Yeah. The other four I don't have an issue with. I think they were all pretty strong across the board. Um, I'm happy about Jesse Plemons because that seemed like a bit of a surprise.
0: Yes. I can finally say I was a big fan of Breaking Bad and a lot of films that he's done. um, The Master. um, I'm thinking of Ending Things, which I still think is underrated. Um, I can finally say Oscar nominee Jesse Plemons, who is one of my favorite actors working there right now. He's not going to win or anything but the fact that he's being recognized and for a really really sublime performance it's my fourth you know I ranked it fourth out of five but that's a pretty big jump from my fifth place to that one I feel like well-deserved he could be anything he could be reading a phone book and I'd be like yes Jesse tell me more (laughs) and that
1: performance I think was the least showy of the entire movie
0: that was truly a supporting Mm -hmm. one yeah because He's the anchor, and every relationship around him is heightened because of him.
1: Anybody else got any input on supporting actors, snubs, happy surprises?
0: Well, I was going to ask, on the topic of that film, how do you feel about uh, Cody Smith-McPhee possibly running away with all of this, as is predicted?
1: I think he's the most secure of the acting potential winners.
0: Do you like it, though? Do you feel like it's it's worthy um I
1: think he was very strong I have no problem with him winning um I he doesn't stand above everybody else in the category the way some uh categories do but uh, yeah he he would be good
0: yeah I feel like uh it's such a interesting front runner performance because he he doesn't really have like big grandiose speeches or emotional breakdowns. It's a very naturalistic performance, but he's running away with it, which I think is fantastic. The only person that I kind of feel bad that he would be beating is uh, good old Troy here from uh, from Coda, who uh, I honestly think is the very best thing about that film.
1: He was excellent. Um, and Kieran Hines was great. Uh, uh, as I think he was the best performance in Belfast.
0: How do you feel about Jamie Dornan uh, not making it? Would you have preferred Kieran over him? or? Mm. Both. I
1: was fine either way.
0: <laughs> it's it's tough because I do know in the supporting category some people had some uh, some words to say over which a uh, Belfast lady they went with. But before we get into that, James, any thoughts on the supporting actor category at all? Well, not really until I until I see all these. You're gonna have to check it out. So
1: we uh, should get T-shirts with that phrase printed.
0: Yeah, let's let's make some money while we're doing this. <laughs> <final>. <laughs> I know some guys. We can really do that. Uh, Oh, merchandising, I'm going to have to check that out Uh, Pun pun aside, who are supporting actresses, Rachel?
1: Right, we got Jessie Buckley from The Lost Daughter Which was a wonderful surprise And now I have to eat crow Because I told my mother for the last three months There was no way she was getting in And now she's getting in (laughs) Um, And then we got West Side Stories' Ariana DeBose Who could set an Oscar record Because she might be the first person ever to win With two different actors In an original film and a remake For the same role um Belfast Judy Dench this is the one I kind of quarrel with because I think Katrina Belf I don't know how to pronounce her last name um would have been would have been the stronger nominee I feel like Judy Dench got in on being Judy Dench as much as I love her Power of the Dog Kirsten Dunst how is this her first nomination honestly but it was well deserved and then Andrew Ellis is the only one I haven't seen yet but I've heard really good things
0: yeah that um I feel like they did the the it kind of like what happened with um a lot of people were upset back with uh, Nocturnal Animals when um Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think his name is, uh, was supposed to be the front runner and then they ended up going with Michael Shannon, which I have no qualms with because I think Michael Shannon's fantastic. But similarly, it's like Oscars, what are you doing? And I feel like so many people are mostly upset over this switcheroo because as great as Judy Dench is, I feel like they went with the wrong supporting actress. I feel like um Oh my goodness, I don't know how to pronounce her name either. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, anyway, she was wonderful. Um, Katrina Bell from Outlander, uh, which is where many of our listeners will know her. Um, Yeah, I walked out of that movie thinking Judy Dench was a little miscast, to be honest.
0: Whereas um, whereas the other character, the other supporting female character, I feel like honestly kind of stole the entire film. Mm -hmm. So I could see why people were upset.
1: I guess it's better
0: than if Dench got nominated for cats. So, well, anything getting nominated for cats, but uh, uh yeah. Otherwise, um, Debose is probably going to win this whole thing, uh, which I have no problem with. I think she's she's really good. Uh, Jesse Buckley is a very pleasant surprise, and I feel like if you're going to go with Olivia Coleman, this makes as much sense given the fact that The Lost Daughter has those two different storylines: the, the present and the past. Um, that just makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, I can't see anybody but DeVos winning. I am sorry, Ann Dowd didn't get in. She would have. She was a phenomenal performance.
0: Yeah, as a leftovers fan, that makes me sad as well. Um, but at least uh, Kristen Dunst finally got nominated. Well, you know, at the expense of Ann Dowd, I guess. But um, Kristen Dunst never being nominated uh, is—it's like when Scarlett Johansson finally got nominated uh, twice in one year, no less. Um, it just feels right. <laughs>
1: So, James, do you have anything to say about supporting actors?
2: Uh, once again, no. I will say though, as as much as there are always upsets with you know decisions and all of the results, the one thing a lot of people I don't think ever remember or don't talk about enough is all the voters don't always watch all the movies. True. <laughs> so it's like, what are they voting based on? It's like, could, could, you know, just, just short of the people necessary for the roles that you really want to be voted for. That, that, that's a, a part of that whole, you know, award season politics. It's like, you know, they, they could, they could vote for these for any reason they want. We'd never know. We don't get to see the actual result. We get to see like this, the face value part of the results, but we don't get to see the actual numbers.
1: That's true. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these people we say were snubbed. Actually, were pretty close.
2: Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what the,
0: you know, the longer list numbers look like. Or uh, Imagine
2: asking for a recount if we didn't like the results.
0: Well, I'm not going to go down to that territory because the Oscars are political enough. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Rachel, uh, how does these people play before we lose everyone?
1: Okay, so best actor, I think was pretty much what we expected with a name or two here and there taken out. Um, We had Being the Ricardos, Javier Bardem, Power of the Dog, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield, who I I adore it. And then King Richard Will Smith, probably the winner. And then the Tragedy Macbeth, Denzel, Washington. I think this is a pretty strong set of performances. I'd rank Javier Bardem fifth, but I still think he was pretty good. Um, The one person who I think could have been in here instead was Leonardo DiCaprio, just in terms of buzz. But again, he was sort of borderline.
0: Yeah, yeah you know you're asking about snubs earlier uh I, I kind of faced the music with this shout out to uh tragedy of Macbeth*, which was my favorite film of last year mm-hmm. it got a few nominations but it didn't get enough like come on i thought it was
2: gonna get um i was hoping for another francis McDormand nomination
1: yeah. yeah but oh best actors I,
2: I just want her to win again
0: <laughs> sadly sadly not this time unfortunately um Best actor, though. We all know Will Smith is going to win. You never If Andrew
2: actually... doesn't win. Mm. Oh,
1: I think, yeah. In ter- like they're... I've seen four out of five performances, and overall I was pretty satisfied. They were pretty strong, but Andrew Garfield just had something special. He had this energy, and he was doing the singing and dancing, too, and he was just, oh, he stole my heart.
0: I feel like the wrong person in Tick, Tick, Boom would have Made the whole thing a bit of a chore. Exactly. I feel like he made it feel effortless to watch.
1: And I gotta say, even though he's not nominated, Lin-Manuel Miranda did a great job considering it was his first movie as a director.
0: Yeah, all things considered, the guy was trying to gun for um, for that EGOT this year and only got one nomination when he could have had multiple songs. He could have had something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh he could have had something uh himself for tick Tick Boom. He could have had something associated with him the heights, which got nothing. Um a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But at least he got one nomination and tick tick boom. You know, you, you brought up the editing nomination, which I think for a film like that is just perfect. That mm-hmm. editing is on it. point. Oh yeah. Um back to best actor though.
2: I just want Andrew to win. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. You don't get performances like that too often.
1: I think Cumberbatch was really strong. He definitely deserves to be here. And same with Washington. Haven't seen Will Smith yet, although he's probably going to win.
0: Will Smith is actually really good. And uh, King Richard is, uh, it's better than you think it would be. I'm still astounded by how well it's doing, all things considered, in this type of a an award season race when I feel like there are easily some more uh, stronger contenders myself, but I mean, if we're going to go with a very sugary uh, safe film, at least it's this one, which I feel like does it pretty well. And Will Smith's performance, he's finally doing some good work in a non-terrible movie. So at least there's that. Mm
1: -hmm. And he's been nominated a couple of times. I think a lot of people forget that.
0: Uh, Pursuit of happiness and Ali. Ali is the one that people really don't remember even exists. That was 21
1: years ago, Andrea's.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, oh that's brutal. Um, uh, moving on before I have an existential crisis, uh, who are the, the leading ladies that we have this year?
1: Best actress. Some of the best surprises this today were, were from this. So, um, first of all, Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. I... I this movie wasn't genius, but I really adored her in the role. I thought it was a really great performance and told the story well. It's also nominated in makeup, which I think is going is going to be a possible win. Uh, then you got Olivia Colman for the Lost Daughter. She was kind of wavering a bit after the Baftas, but yep, for sure she's there. Parallel Mothers, Penelope Cruz, unexpected, completely deserved, wonderful. Being the Ricardos, Nicole Kidman. Yep, this was pretty strong. I have mixed feelings about the movie, but no problems with Kidman. Spencer Christopher. We weren't sure if she was getting in, even though she was the front runner for a while. But she was great. No problem with it.
0: I'm really sad that she's no longer the front runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I know Kidman is, and I, I hate to be that guy. Kidman's actually my least favorite performance of the five. It's still really yeah. good. Don't get me wrong. Same here. It's not that she doesn't deserve it, but really good performance. But uh, when Kristen's, Like, I also like when interesting films win. Like, Nicole Kidman was really good. Being Ricardo isn't. It's just really bland. And uh, something like Spencer, which is just interesting, or Parole of Mothers, which is just so enigmatic. Or, um, you know, you have such good films here to work with. And um, I just don't like playing safe. If you have, if you're going to go the distance by nominating these types of films go the distance and, and reward them so like when olivia coleman won for the favorite that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. you didn't just highlight this film which was not everyone's cup of tea because it's just so bonkers and that's nothing when it comes to york Theme but let's let's be honest that's more than a lot of people can handle um for that man they, they rewarded it. <laughs> oh yeah he is a genius and uh greece greece re- represent um yeah go in the distance. So I would love to see, you know, the lost daughter is a more interesting fact. The only other pick that's a little safe feeling is the eyes of Tammy Faye, but Jessica Chastain in it is so she's riveting.
1: I, I just, it's a little different. Oh, she's so I can't wait movie. to watch
0: that. The film itself is not great, but she is like, it,
2: well, I just, I know that story already. And it's that whole thing is just so wild.
1: Yeah. And Andrew Garfield is also in that movie. Cause the movie was not made in this year without Andrew Garfield appearing somewhere.
2: Which is funny, because he was only in three hey, movies. Including one other movie. Yeah.
1: And here's the thing. So um, this was, I think, the most packed and most competitive category of the entire year. I still have no idea who's winning. I think Olivia Colman is the one to beat. But it's anybody's guess. Kidman's got a lot of uh, potential. Stewart had some, but I think is kind of running out. I just don't know what's going to happen here. And we had people like Rachel Zegler, Francis McDormand... Um, a lot of people I'm probably forgetting, like you could have easily had multiple lineups of different actresses in this category. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, everybody
1: like, mm-hmm.
0: well, to your point, and you brought this up before where you said you could literally make another list. Uh, they did. It's called the BAFTAs where none of these actresses are on that really? list. Really? And none. Lady Gaga. Yeah. I don't think so.
1: God. I'm um, going to Google that Yeah. Because right Lady now. Gaga
0: was there. Um, Oh, yeah. Actually, let's look it up before I I, I claim some wrong stuff. BAFTAs.
1: Um, So, yeah, you got Tessa Thompson in passing, which got absolutely nothing. Lady Gaga in House of Gucci, which was kind of um, the biggest snub of the evening, I think. Um, Best actress, best actress, where are you? Alana Hain from Licorice Pizza, who would have been a good nominee. Um, Renata Reinsfeld from The Worst Person in the World. Joanna Scanlon from After Love and Amelia Jones from Coda. So yeah, completely different set of actors, and several of them would would have been plausible nominees this year.
0: Especially if they're going the worst person in the world, you know, in anything, anyway. I feel like she, that would have been a great nomination. Alana Haim and uh, oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman. Uh, those are two of my least favorite snubs of the of the. Mm-hmm.
1: I can understand uh, why they didn't get in, but they would have been good nominees.
0: Yeah, I don't think they were going to win, but like the recognition would have been. Fantastic! I would easily have replaced uh, the Ricardo nominations with both of them.
1: All right, so before we go on to director and picture, I just want to shout out a couple of the records because a lot of milestones have actually been set with this ceremony, which is surprising. But so, as we mentioned, Flea is uh, it's the first movie ever to be nominated for animated, international, and documentary. And if you're wondering how a documentary can be animated, it's because um, I don't want to spoil all of it, but essentially they animated over what is being spoken about. It, I, you have to watch the movie to see it for sure, but y- you can see what I mean. Um, and as we also said, Lynn manuel Miranda may add, be added to the EGOT list. Good for him. All right. And so then some of our other records. Jane Campion is the first woman ever to be nominated twice for Best Director
0: which is baffling, the fact that it hasn't happened sooner and it hasn't happened to Jane Campion Exactly,
1: sooner. and anyway, she is one of only eight women who have ever been nominated for Best Director. So, uh, and like we mentioned on other episodes, two of those eight women were nominated last year, so this seems to be a recent thing. And uh, she may be the third of, of only three winners, which, in 94 years, guys, really? Yeah.
0: You know. And, you know... The fact that two of them would have happened, like, these last two years, like, it's just mind-boggling.
1: And um, in other acting nominees, uh, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem are both nominated. They're only the fifth married couple to be nominated in the same year. Um, And although Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst are not married, they are a long-term couple, and they're both nominated as well. Um, Also, it's really funny, because in Supporting Actor and Supporting Actress, there are a Jesse and a Jesse.
0: Who are both in I'm thinking, I'm thinking of ending things. So there's that connection oh, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, Steven Spielberg has defeated Martin Scorsese in the Great Director Wars and he has become the first person to be nominated for the Best Director Oscar in six different decades. 70s, 80s, 90s, 1000s, 10s, and 20s. Jeez. He wasn't nominated for Jaws, well, which there. I totally forgot.
0: He wasn't nominated for Jaws. No,
1: apparently. Because the first that was listed ah. was uh, 1978 for I think Close Encounter, I want to say. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Coda gets its
1: first best, uh, the first acting nomination for A Deaf Man and the first Best Picture nomination for Apple Studios. That's another thing. Streaming has become a very big deal this year and I think is more accepted than it's ever been because I've seen most of these movies without leaving the house or paying extra money. So they're all over streaming.
0: Yeah, because I remember a lot of people having this revelation that, um, that. Roma lost Best Picture, not because it was a foreign or international film, but because it was a Netflix release. Well, this year, two of the big frontrunners are Netflix with The Power of the Dog and uh, Amazon, which is Belfast. And you've got Apple as well with Coda. Um, you can't look very far without a, a whole, you know, huge heap of, of streaming services. So even like, uh, you know, Summer of Soul, um, you know, the, the list is, just goes on and on and on. So are they going to actually finally get over all of that? Or are they going to resort to something that isn't streaming for a lot of the big, the big nominees? Who knows?
2: Well, it's like I said before in the previous episode, they, they're working with heavyweights. These aren't the corny Hallmark TV movies. These are serious artists making really good films for these companies, and they're happy to do it. A lot of these directors are sick of the traditional studio system, which is why they're going to streaming exactly they're getting a lot more freedom with all these companies i mean think about it do you think do you think a regular uh hollywood studio would trust uh joel cohen to do a film by himself
1: probably not and not a black and white version of a shakespeare play
2: with uh, with american leads
1: yeah american leads that's kind of a big deal uh, what other records do we have? Let's see. Judi Dench, at 87 years old, is the third oldest acting nominee ever. So I believe Christopher Plummer and Emmanuel Riva were older than her. Um, and then Drive My Car is the most nominated Japanese film ever with four nominations. And it is the first Japanese film nominated for Best Picture. Will it become the first Japanese film to win Best Picture? We'll see. It's And Japan has done well at international film, but it's never cracked the top category so far until this year.
0: Which... Baffles me. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's never won for International?
1: It has won for International, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, because like with Kurosawa, I, w- I would be hoping that...
1: He got nominated for director a couple of times anyway.
0: Yes, Ron was nominated for everything but International, which breaks my heart.
1: That's strange. Yeah,
0: it's one of my all-time favorite films. Anyway.
1: So, best director. I'm actually quite delighted with this list, because it had some people that I wasn't sure were going to get in. So we got Belfast Kenneth Brana. Pretty expected. Not sure he's going to take it. Drive My Car, Yasuke Hamaguchi, which is a wonderful nomination. I'm absolutely delighted. And he's got an outside shot, I think. Uh, Licorice Pizza is Paul Thomas Anderson. And this one I also wasn't sure about because Licorice Pizza just seems to be a slightly polarizing to me. I don't think he's taking it, but he got in. Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, most likely front runner, I would think. Um, and Power of the Dog was great. West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. This might be my favorite movie in terms of filmmaking for the year. I just think it was the best filmmaking, so I'm really glad he got in.
0: I was gonna say, uh I feel like the one of the very, very, very certain feelings I have about this year's nominees, and this is before even the nominations came out. I don't think unless there's some terrible scandal, which please don't be, I don't think there's a snowball chance in hell that Jane Capit's gonna lose this year unless something drastically changes.
1: Yes, she's She's very, very solid in her position, and
0: then again, she's going to defeat Steven Spielberg. King's has happened. Oh God, which uh, that that must be traumatizing. Considering the piano and Schindler's List, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was the great rivalry of 1993. But I think they're over it by now.
0: Hopefully, hopefully, but you never know with uh, the King's Speech and and um, and Social Network. Uh, remember when David Fincher was supposed to win everything? No. Uh, remember that? No, Don't bring when up the those. Just happened. No.
1: Um. So who got snubbed? Who might have been in here instead?
0: Uh, James? <laughs> I think
2: you've already brought up
0: someone.
1: I can hear an angry shout directly. coming from the direction of Michigan.
2: Oh, you're, what? Do you Yeah. That's uh, a... <laughs> see, I think it's just funny because like it's, it's just, it always happens. It's like the same thing with Christopher Nolan. It's like, why do these things happen? Honestly, one person that should be here, I think... Even though I haven't seen any of the rest of these, is Lin Manuel Miranda for Tick Tick Boom? I I think I think I think uh, yeah, not necessarily to win. I think it would have been a good nominee. Uh, honestly, I'm just mad that you know they don't mm-hmm. include um, streaming only films because Steven Soderbergh's No Set of Move could have easily like gotten so many of these nominations because of how good it was. But you know how they feel about only streaming. But I I think I think with the names I think for namesake. PTA just seems like it makes sense for the Academy to just nominate him anyway.
1: He's never won, no. They don't love
0: him as much as you would think. He, I don't think he's ever actually won one. Not for any category, let alone director.
2: I mean, at least for a nomination. Uh, I don't know. From what I keep hearing about Drab My Car, I'm really curious to see this and to see how it does. Because I've noticed Asian films as a whole are getting a lot of love this past decade.
1: And this one has just been getting more and more buzz, and it's building slowly, slowly, but it's getting more prominent. So I'm starting to wonder if by Oscar time, we're going to be really counting it as a possibility. Uh,
0: yeah, I sincerely think so. I feel like um, the fact that it's come this far and defied so many expectations, and I feel like it's the type of year where um, some people don't want the safe option or like Belfast or some people don't want the... Um, you know, the more, uh, you know, art artsy kind of like uh, specific angle like we got last year with Nomadland. Would they want to do that again with The Power of the Dog? Are they looking for something completely singular like drive my car? So who knows? As for um, my pick, and it's not a foreign concept. They've done it once or twice before where they've had multiple – international directors it's very rare for them to do so but still i feel like we should have seen some pedro motivar here i feel like that would have been really nice for parallel mothers or um you know james you were bringing up people that the academy loves i thought they loved the Cohen brothers maybe the other one because uh no love for for the one Cohen who worked on um, Tragedy of Macbeth.
2: It's, it's so wild, though. Like, you got to think about it. It's like he did this movie by himself for once. It's like, that's just an anomaly himself.
0: Maybe they prefer Ethan.
2: <laughs> they prefer Ethan. <laughs> Maybe.
1: For me, McBee was a movie that had a lot of technical respect. Like, I have a lot of respect for it. And I think it was very well done. But I also didn't connect to it very well. I think it came off a little bit cold. And I'm wondering whether other people responded to it in that way, because it, you know, it's Shakespeare, it's kind of it's kind of a slower-moving film. I wouldn't be surprised if if people just didn't quite warm up to it. Um McDormand could have been a nominee, it could have been in for best picture, but none of that happened. All we got was Washington. And like a couple of tax, I yeah. think.
0: So cinematography and production, I believe. Alrighty. Well nonetheless, uh, are you wanting to list off the 10 films that aren't A Tragedy of Macbeth for Best Picture?
1: Yes. So tr- uh, so this was actually 10 films this year, which uh, it used to be 5, then it was 10, then it was anywhere between 5 and 10, and now apparently we're back at 10. So, all right, we got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So guys, what do we think?
0: I feel like for a long time I was thinking that this year was going to be a weaker year, which in, in some respects it absolutely is. But once you like actually really take into account some of what these nominations are, and these are just my own personal picks, like my own biases. I love Licorice Pizza. I love The Power of the Dog. I love Drive My Car. Those are three films that are in my top five of last year, let alone ten. Um, that alone is really good. Considering West Side Story was a much better adaptation than I was even banking on. um, That's a solid pick. And even at its worst, let's be honest about its worst picks. The fact that King Richard is safe for Belfast or Coda. They're really, we've seen a lot worse in the past. And if you look at Don't Look Up, which is a polarizing bat. I personally like it a little more than some others would. It's not perfect. It's far from perfect, but at least it feels like a bit of a, I don't know if I want to say daring. Cause you could obviously say that it got nominated because of the whole liberal agenda type thing. I don't know, but um, even the worst picks here, I've seen a lot worse, AKA 2018. Uh, and one of those films ended up winning best picture. So overall it's, Not the strongest year, but it's, you know, really looking at this, it's not bad. It's not bad.
1: I want to say about Don't Look Up, I think people have been through two years of hell. And they've seen people turn away from science. They've seen people get into stupid conspiracies. They've seen people ignore all the problems and only think of themselves. And even though Don't Look Up has some very clunky moments and it's too long and all of this stuff, it resonates. It it strikes a chord, and I felt that immediately when I watched it. And I think that's why it's doing so well.
0: And also so poorly at the same time, because, like you said, some people just don't want to see this in a film—not for three hours.
1: No, but I I liked it more than I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm in the same boat.
1: Um. Out of all these, you know, Code is kind of paint by numbers. Belfast has great moments, but I think didn't make a cohesive movie overall, like a at the same quality. Um, Dune was expected. Uh, I'm delighted by the Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley was a surprise. I mean, not not a huge surprise, but I wasn't sure about that one. I'm so glad being the Ricardos didn't get in because that was a possibility.
0: Considering that Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley are in there, I fully believe being the Ricardos could have actually squeaked its way in.
1: Yeah. But overall, it's a very nice lineup. And the movies are all so different from each other, have you noticed? Like, you've got your comedies, you've got, uh nostalgia you've got these this one very scary and depressing western just a whole bunch of different types of films and i think there really is something for everyone in this in this list
0: yeah even for somebody like myself who like loves like artsy farty stuff like um drive my
2: car completely speaks my language so james what about you i have a couple things it's really interesting these past few years kind of looking at award season or just looking at the history of award season and it's always interesting to see the films because you know there's always these lineups where it's like there's the stuff that you think should win but then there's a picture like this is probably going to get it because it's the safest i want another year like the films from 2019 when they were given awards in 2020 the best picture selection those nominees there was not like a single safe pick in there which is one of the reasons why I think Parasite took it because it's like they had no excuse but it's like what is actually the best film out of all these. And to see this list, it's like it has like the picks so like the ones you want, the ones you expect but also the ones like oh it could it could go either way. But I'm also looking at some of these and I'm realizing you know some of these have like other weird things surrounding the movie that aren't just the movie. Like think about Dune, think about Denis Villeneuve's like you know distaste for the release method because they wanted to go streaming or don't look up and how Adam McKay is being really pretentious for whatever reason or like King Richard. Cause when King Richard came out, a lot of people are highlighting the fact like, how come they didn't really bring up much about the family that he abandoned. And I'm just like, it, it, it's like movies live the, these other lives outside from just being media because of the people who make it or what they're about. And I'm just like, it, it could literally go any way for any of these films. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's getting more into award season. I'm just like, there's just more to the, than just the movies. Before it was like, it's just the movies. Now I'm just like, there's so much that goes into this.
1: And there's so much historical precedent for things. And there's so much about buzz, like. A person could give the best performance of the year, but if they don't get the traction, they're not getting anywhere near the Oscars. Yeah, if they don't
0: have the financing, if they don't brown-nose the Academy, all sorts of stuff.
2: Or if there's a name that you just expect. Like, honestly, it's like I've heard a lot of great things about West Side Story, but Steven Spielberg could probably make anything and get nominated because he's Steven Spielberg. Not to discredit this movie, but it's like you see Steven Spielberg, it's like, yeah, he's going to get something.
0: I hate to discredit that, but I, I I can't. If the Post made it for no reason, I I, I can't. I can't deny that that's possible. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. But this one, this one was definitely worth it. Like if they were going to award him for any of his later movies, this one was a good choice.
0: Absolutely.
1: So before we sign off for the night, does anyone have anything left to say for any of these categories? Anything that stood out? Any Oscar info?
0: Can I just say one last uh, piece of very cynical response to something? Um, yes. I okay. Well, first off, if the worst thing I have to watch is coming to America um, to to wrap up all the things that I have to watch for nominees, that's not too bad. Um, that's not too bad because I feel a bit better about that than the high potential chance that Jared Leto was going to win for his Rocky and Bullwinkle impression of a of a you know a cartoon villain in the House of Gucci. And I'm glad that did not happen. Uh, he did get a Razzie nom, though, so there's that. And I'm not, like, anti-Jared Leto as an actor, or as a person I don't know so much. Uh, but as an actor, that performance was just complete uh, nonsense, and I'm glad that it didn't get nominated. And that's all I have to say.
1: Dear Evan Hansen was shortlisted for Best Song. Oh,
0: uh, we dodged that bullet, too, didn't we not? Oof.
1: hmm Yeah. Overall, I'm pretty satisfied, and I'll be interested to see what happens next. Yeah, Absolutely,
2: I'm. James, I, honestly, I think there's only two things that I want for sure to win. That's that's Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, and best costume for Cruella. Like my wife even said that Cruella should win that one.
1: You know, I think it might.
2: That movie was way too fun. Like it, it was, but it had no business being mm-hmm. that fun.
1: Yeah, it got in for makeup and costume, which I think it richly deserved. And Coming to America, good makeup nominee.
0: righty. Well, thank you everybody for checking out this B-roll of the K-Cut. We hope we haven't uh, scared any of you off with some of our some of our opinions. Um we we appreciate your time, and we're gonna be doing all sorts of Oscars-related stuff. So I will be ranking every single category here on Films Fatale. Got some other Oscar goodness. Coming as well after that, uh, we as the K Cut will be doing a roundtable right before the Oscars, going through each and every category, really scrutinizing everything once we've seen everything. Because that's the thing—we're all watching. In case you couldn't tell, every single nominee. So um, that's quite an undertaking, especially for poor James over there.
2: Uh, but we're going to pull it off.
1: I have sixteen to go. I'm feeling great. I got, I got, I
2: got thirty features.
1: Well, we're here it's for you. All the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you got
2: this. Um,
0: and we might even be doing another B-roll if Pete Davidson is the host because uh, we're going to need to vent. So uh, <laughs> we'll tune into that if you desire. So that was the K-Cut. Thank you so much for listening.